I'm Luke Kelly, and I'm the founder of the Line and Length Movement, dedicated to ripping the covers off mental health stigma. After a rough spell with my mental health, I contacted a large number of mates to come together to play a game of cricket with a very unique point of difference. In between innings, a supportive platform was provided where those who felt comfortable showing vulnerability openly spoke about their personal mental health journey. Thus, the Line and Length Movement was born. While we are not mental health experts on this podcast, we are always here to support. So if you or anyone you know is feeling a bit flat, please have a talk to the experts like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or a medical professional. Today's episode is sponsored by Picker Financial Solutions. The support that Justin Picker is providing will go a long way in assisting the line and length movement in ripping the covers off mental health. While we here at Line and Length focus on mental health, Picker Financial Solutions can help you with your financial health. The details for his website will be in the notes for this show. And now onto this week's episode of This Is Your Line and Length. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode of This Is Your Line and Length. Uh, I'm your host, Aiden, joined here by Luke Kelly, and uh, we've got Cam Bruce on here as well as this week's guest. Uh, how are we today, gentlemen? G'day, mate. Yeah, greetings from Darwin. Uh, it's good to be up here. So I'm recording from so far away, so it's good to talk to you. It's good to see some familiar faces. Good yeah, afternoon. Good afternoon, boys. Um, down here in uh, Wagga Wagga, um, same thing. We've had a fair bit of rain, but uh, it's good to see the sun out for the first time in about four days. Certainly is. Um, Beautiful. So before we get into it, Cam, how is it that you and Luke know each other? Uh, well, Luke, it, it's a, a bit of a funny story. Um, we, Isn't it, Jess? I've lived, I've, I, was born, I was born and bred in Wagga. Um, uh, moved away a little bit, blah, blah. But, yeah, Kel, uh, yeah, come back to Wagga and just started a little um, a cricket team. And, and we had a couple of guys that were from uh, Kel's school, the Wagga Wagga Public. Um, and there was a couple of games where we were short, which turns into we're, we're short most weeks um and kel was one of the boys who got dragged along one week and, and that's the, that's kind of where it all started and everyone kind of clicked it was a good little crew and um yeah been been really really good mates since right um and your what are you currently doing for work mate um so i work for the tab um so i'm a regional manager so i look after southwest new south wales for the license um network so i mean just i manage all the pubs and clubs in the area um yeah got a few contractors underneath us um like just field technicians and that we've got a lot of equipment that needs servicing day to day um and then yeah just manage their accounts so big area so a fair bit of travel um but yeah it's it's um it's different every day at the tab i can imagine um and kels tells me that you were uh you had a bit of a rugby league career as well yeah so yeah grew up playing rugby league all my life um i was fortunate enough to to yeah have rugby league as a job for a, for a few years um tried to live that dream for a bit so i finished school here in wagga and got picked up by the raiders um so i finished off 11 and 12 over there in, in in canberra um had a few years with the raiders juniors sg ball under 20s um and they got picked up by Parramatta. so moved off shipped off to to para for for a couple of years as well that was i was lucky enough to to gain um, into the into the top squad, so I trained NRL for for eighteen months, which is which is a really good experience. Um, and then yeah, the injury started setting in, and 
bit of a bit of a climb went across to the Dragons. So played New South Wales Cup for the Illawarra Cup. That was the first year that they they come back into the competition. So Mary McGregor um, was our coach down there and played a bit of footy down there. And um, yeah, then it was time to got a good job job opportunity to come back back to Wagga. Um, and yeah, took that and yeah, the rest is history. What's, what's that like um, sort of at the age of like 16, 17, having to move uh, to finish year 11 and 12 in a new city? Um, you know, what, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, it, it was quite tough. Canberra was really good for us because Canberra was only only two hours from home. So it's um, when you wanted to duck home, see the family, um, it, was, it was quite easy. Um, and Raiders had a really good system. So we actually got put up with families. Um, so I moved into a family. It was... <laughs> A family of five, so it's a, a single mum, Therese Edwards. So she was she was brilliant. But um, there was there was four boys, <laughs> all oh. from seventeen to oh gee, seventeen to about thirty. I think the eldest one was, um, and and every single one of them were different. So they were good to, to live with for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, she after you. So it was a great family family community kind of thing. Um, and being so, we're back here back home we're our family are, are tight as so um it was good to have that family connection there as well um what's it like um sort of being having that mentality of, of professional professional sort of athlete like you know how um we, we talk a lot about sort of men, mental resilience and mental health here on the podcast um what was your headspace at um moving for uh, moving for the opportunity to get to play for the camera raiders and then to power and then to st george as well um, yeah, it was good. It, it's it's tough, like, because it's something you do every day. Um, so, but no, no different to your job, I suppose. Um, but there's a lot of lot of lot of physical physical um, training, um, like your, your wrestling. Your, yeah, there was a fair bit to go with it. Um, being a small boy, the <laughs> the contact side of things wasn't my favourite thing to do. Um, but no, it, it was good. It was a great experience, and you learnt like you, you met so many so many good mates. Like you've got for a lifetime. Um, around the traps and I think the hardest thing was obviously just just moving a lot over that space of four or five years um, so yeah you'd have to kind of restart start again make your new friends um, yeah so it was taxing but because if you if you um, yeah if you like kind of you weren't mentally prepared you, you really fell behind quite quickly um, yeah back then it probably wasn't such a big thing your mental health um, we're talking probably 10 years ago now that we're in the thick of things. Um, but now, uh, yeah, it's changed so much. Like, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good things about it. Like, obviously, what you guys are doing, that's a, that's a great thing. But the NRL, they're getting right behind it, which is which is really good. What, and when you were um, training there, did you have a, have a second job or were you just footy was it for you? Like, was there a backup plan at any stage or, were you, or was it just footy or nothing? Um, at, at the stage, like, you were every kid that had that dream. So, footy was everything. Yeah. Yeah, I like in the juniors. Obviously, had a job, so I did a bit of merchandising for my my mum works for um for Diageo, which is an alcohol company. So I did a bit of merchandising for them in Canberra. Um, yeah, just like servicing the bottle shops and just a bit of tick and flick stuff. Um, yeah. so that was, that was good. So then, you obviously, you balance that through your through your training. But at that stage, we were only training those those four nights a week. It wasn't day in day out, so you could afford to to make a bit of pocket money on the side because obviously the contracts weren't weren't huge um yeah. so yeah, that was really good to 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 um to do a little bit of stuff on the side because once footy is everything it's it's yeah it's it's pretty tough <laughs> so were you mandated to have a backup job or did you just do that on your own accord 
Um, so I just did that on my own accord, but they really did push that. They were really good in that aspect. Um, like, so, for example, when I moved across to Parra when I was a little bit older, um, it was mandatory to, to for the younger guys to either be studying or have that second job. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they didn't in, which, which was really good. Um, yeah. There was courses, like, once you got up a little bit further, like, um, yeah, basically endless amount of courses, and they encouraged that as well. So that was that was really good. Like, but that's what I did. I did my cert three and four um, at Para. Like that was a little at a bonus, which was good. Like, and and they covered most of the courses as well. Like, so they obviously strongly encouraged um, all your education. Um, yeah, however you wanted to further yourself um, for, for later in life, kind of thing, which was really good. Yeah, what that's great to get to add those initiatives. Really good. Yeah. It sounds like they support the sort of education side and, and sort of a life after rugby side. Did they give you that support for sort of your mental health as well? Uh, back back then, I, I don't think like uh, it, it was. It's a really tough one because like back then, uh, like it, it kind of got brushed aside. Like mm. not many people obviously spoke about their feelings. Not many people um, opened right up like it is today. So back then, I don't think. Like it, it was, it wasn't um, recognised, I suppose, as, as much as it should have been. Because, um, yeah. like, I've got a little, like, little wrote down a little stat here. Like the year I think I was in the under twenties, I think there was about four or five guys that, that took their lives that year, which is which is huge. And that's Jeez. only that's only in the rugby league community. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I don't think it was as, as big back then as, as it is now. Um, but obviously now it, it's a lot for the better, which is which I think is. Yeah, which is awesome. That's such an alarming stat, Cam. Just to hear that, like, that's the first time you've shared that with me. Like, that's like sickening yeah. to hear. You know, like, yeah. this, this is such a big issue um, in society that sort of needs addressing. Yeah, big time. Um, like, there was a guy there. There was a guy in our our team at Raiders that took his life um, up at Byron. So that was that was quite sad. Um, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it just was. Yeah, it's very alarming. Yeah, horrific. So uh, unfortunately something we've all sort of been involved in or had happened to, to some of us, um, you know, we had a, we had a mate up at our rugby club who unfortunately took his own life as well. Um, and, you know, we got to, we got to lean on each other, which was, which was kind of nice. Like we all helped each other get through that sort of experience. Is that sort of the community that you had um, with your, with your rugby league experience as well? Like everyone would band together during those sort of moments. Yeah, definitely. It was like, they were a very close knit family and um, like, I know it wasn't recognised as much back then, but there there was that support mechanism. Like there's a welfare manager that obviously checked in with the guys, like because I was obviously not from there. There's a fair few guys obviously that weren't from there as well. So we had a welfare manager that looked in and checked in with us basically, basically every week, um, which was which was really good. So when, once something happened like that, we were quite uh, fortunate in Sydney. There was there was there was pretty good crew there, so there wasn't a whole lot of. Well, not that we all were aware of, anyway. So, um, if if anything was to go wrong, there was a it was a good little community that got together and tried to help each other out where they could. Um, Kells also tells me um, you had a little bit of troubles in your own past. Um, that you you had some interesting techniques on how to sort of move forward from that. Um, would you care to share about those? Yeah, of course. Like, I think the best thing that I did for, for myself was was to talk about it. Um, I had a bit of a, I had a, yeah, a bit of a gear or a bit of a, I had a big gambling addiction. Um, kind of ate myself up for for a long time. Um, just obviously keeping it to myself, even though now that I've spoke about it, like most people are, like all my loved ones were um, were quite aware of the issue. Um, so yeah, that went on for a few years. It was it's a 
pretty big thing in rugby league, which is a bit unfortunate, but um, a lot of time seems to get put around punters clubs and um, yeah, piss and punt days on the sad days. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so kind of being only the little guy in rugby league, <laughs> you're yeah. kind of hanging out with guys that were on 10 times the amount that you're on and it, you just kind of got swept away in the moment. Um, and you, I don't know, the, I suppose, I know we were taught different, but the respect side of things for money kind of went out the window. So, yeah, you didn't, oh, I didn't respect it as much as I probably should have um, just with yeah, a couple of, couple of things but yeah no definitely over that which is which is really good um and the best thing I did was I can't harp on it enough was to talk about it um so the first time that I admitted that that it was a big issue was was to my partner Kate and and my mom who's probably the two closest people in my life um and yeah it was honestly the the hardest but the best thing that I ever did um because obviously they knew that what was going going on but it was it was hard when I wasn't admitting it myself. Um, so I got got pretty dark for a while, but um, but with the support of them, it made it so much easier. I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. Cam, it's really weird how like you say you, you built it up in your head as like a big thing, and then you finally spoke to um, Kate and your mum about it. Whereas now, like being friends with you, I know that you're just casually in a group of people. You might only know a few, but you'll say, "Oh yeah, I had a gambling addiction, but like I've stopped now." Like it's not even. It sort of just, you know, comes comes naturally in conversations where you're not embarrassed about it at all. And I think that's a really brave and powerful thing that, that you do and can help people because, you know, as much as well, we need to sort of learn from, from each other, essentially. That's and like, yeah. And also I sort of want to mention, Cam, like a, a thing with us was that I remember like once you asked me to, to put a, you verbalised it to me that you had a gambling problem and it's before you got treatment and you asked me once to put a bet on for you and I said no. And I think that sort of um, when our friendship really like really took off and, and went places, we sort of had that level of, well, we respect each other enough to, you know, say no. What advice would you have to, to someone with a gambling addiction or something like that? Oh, 100%. I think that's when we got the closest. Like, I, I think, yeah. Uh, like Kate, my partner, she she harps on it so much. Like surround yourself with good people, and I think for a, for a, for a long time, I, I was not hanging around the right people. Like I I think I hang I hung around people um, that obviously that kind of fed the ego, fed the addiction, um, which was not good. Mm. And there was yeah. a couple that I opened up to about it, and the care factor was kind of zero. And said, "No, you'd be right." <laughs> like the, the old cliche: the more you bet, mm. the more you get back. The more yeah. you the more you win. Um, so yeah, like that day that, you, that I obviously asked you to put on a bet, you said, no, I think the respect levels just went up and to hear like my family, they like, that was the first thing I told them was when I asked you to do it, you said, no, but, like same thing. They're just like, get yourself, hang around these people. Like they're obviously very, very good for you. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do is, is, is open up and talk to people about it because it, it really lifts like, but you have no idea. Like there was nights where me and Kate had stuff planned and, and, you'd blow your money so you'd make an excuse but you really beat yourself up about it um and then but the, yeah. the other side of things was your mood your mood was horrible like yeah like and and your loved ones were the ones that copped it and i think it was so unfair and to be constantly lying about it too i think was the hardest thing um like to realize yeah. now that, that you're so open and it, it is a common thing and it's it, it, it is treatable and it's, it's definitely 
definitely all right to talk about it. Um, yeah. I've, I've, like me talking about it, that's helped me the most because if if I can help anyone, and I think what you guys are doing is it's perfect because getting it out there, talking about it is the best thing because there's so many people that are going through the same thing. And if they're not aware and they're locked at the support mechanisms are out there, um, it, it, yeah, it's unbelievable what, what it can do to just talk about it, I reckon. Yeah, there's a saying that goes around like, um, if you hang around uh, four drunks, you'll be the fifth drunk. If you hang around four millionaires, you'll be the fifth millionaire. I think in your um, sense, what you alluded to is like, if you kept hanging around four um, problem gamblers, you'd be the fifth problem gambler. And so that's really good to hear that you've sort of aligned yourself with people um, that you've seen beneficial for you. I think that your, your social network um, plays such an impact on the person who you become and who you choose to be around. Yeah, definitely. Like that's that's perfect because now I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser in some aspects. Um, <laughs> like you, you know as well, you know what's good for you. You you just yeah, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward now. You know who's good for you, you know who's not, um, yeah. and about making those right choices as well. I think that also kind of speaks to um, a pretty common thread we've had along sort of all all seal now seventh this being the seventh episode um, is that uh, a lot of people when they're going through uh, you know hardships mental health struggles things like that they they kind of put off telling other people because they don't want to be viewed as a burden but as soon as they do tell someone they realize that they're not being a burden at all and it actually it, it opens up and activates that support network that you get. Um, so I, I guess, you know, talking to people is one of the best things about it. And I think that everyone should do it. So I think it's a credit to yourself that you got the courage to be able to uh, tell you to start with your mum and mum and your wife and get that started and then branch out. And now you're comfortable telling everyone about it and encouraging people to get help. I think that's a great thing for yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, yeah, I can't half on it enough. Talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> get off the, yeah. Like, in my circumstance, and I, I suppose we'd be with so many others listening to some of the previous podcasts that you guys have had, um, like for a good example, um, Bear last week, like just talk about it earlier. It's it's yeah. something like it, 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 yeah, just yeah, that's it's liberating, isn't it? It's liberating. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, you, mate, you, you, we've spent a bit of time saying how we should talk about this sort of problem. Were there any other strategies that you used or anything that helped uh, helped you? progress past uh your, your gambling addiction um so i i seen a counselor like so obviously I, once i opened up to, to my partner and, and mum and family um I, I was seeing a counselor once a week um that that really helped because i think my biggest thing was getting it off the chest as well but i it, oh, I, I i went and got hypnotized um, okay I, which is so, great i love it i was i was going to bring this up if you didn't so i'm glad you brought it up because i reckon it's really cool so yeah, so my my partner Kate, who I've spoken about a fair bit, she she's helped me a lot. And one of her suggestions were one of her aunties got hypnotized for a for a different for something completely different, but uh, for weight loss. And she it, it well, she really thought it worked. Um, so I yeah went off went off to Sydney a couple of times with Kate, and um, yeah, so I got it once, and they recommend getting it another time within that week. Um, and uh, uh, yeah it was really different <laughs> i can laugh about it now i suppose <laughs> it was it was really different um exactly how you imagine it like the basically sat down and 
um, she basically said, "Like I can, I can do the coin. I can." But she used a, she used more of a, it was a meditation um, technique, and yeah, it was, it was different. Like I honestly don't remember anything because she put me straight to sleep. So <laughs> whether it worked or not, it obviously worked now because I'm nowhere near as bad as what I used to be. <laughs> but um, yeah, very, very different. <laughs> yeah. How did how so so your wife was the one that brought it up? Did you? I mean. Personally, if someone had suggested something like um, being hypnotized to solve something I've gone through, um, I would probably, I'd probably laugh that off. That would probably be my initial reaction to that. Um, that yeah, that's exact, exactly the same. <laughs> and, and, and did you just, did you just decide, look, why not? It, it, if it helps, it helps. And if it doesn't, cool. It's just something that doesn't work for me. Is that, was that your sort of mindset going into it? Yeah, I think so. Because when um, we got to a stage where I was really good for 12 months, like seeing a counsellor constantly, and then same thing, the old, no, I'm right now, I'm right now, um, fell back into some bad habits a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, so I think the family got they got to a point where it was either stop lying about it or, or really do something about it. So basically anything that was suggested at the time, I was like, like let's do it, let's try it. Um, I've done the cancel thing. It, it's it's work, but it hasn't. Um, so but after the uh, like obviously I seen the hypnotist and um and continued with the counseling. And I, I think just whether it were like I know it's obviously a, a massive mental thing, but like just little tricks like when you get a little bit of an urge or or if you felt a bit sad or whatever it may be. It, there was a couple of little mechanisms. One of them was tap your chin, tap your cheek, tap your um, temple, um, and then yeah. really clench your fist. And that was kind of something that I used for a long time, whether people think it's silly or not. I, I don't care because it worked for me. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, same thing. Like, you get those thoughts and literally people think I'm weird, start tapping <laughs> and really clench my <laughs> Mate, that's what, we're, that's what we're all about. Whatever works for you, it's not weird. It's whatever works for you. We get around. Yeah, we've we've yeah. heard a variety of different strategies, and and that honestly, that sounds like a great one to have. If that's what it works for you, then that's all that matters. Yeah. So yeah, literally was asleep for for the two two hour set or hour sessions, whatever they were. But that's what I got out of it was the tapping technique. Okay. <laughs> all right, Cam. Um, Cam, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the direction of this, Cam. I know that you work as a PT, right? Um, yeah. Personal trainer as well down there, not just for the tab. You're a very busy person. You see, you're playing footy, you work for the tab, um, and you also work as a PT. I want to just get your opinion on what um, physical exercise in terms of uh, diet have on mental health. Like, What have you seen, not just for yourself, but what you've seen on the people that you train? Yes, yeah, sweet. So um, PT is honestly one of my favourite things to do, like, um, like for myself first. Like it's, it's kind of my get out. Um, like sometimes work can be so hectic. I do a lot of travel for work. Like I can do up to two, two and a half thousand Ks a week for work and go into the gym um, and just forgetting about everything for it. For, it's, it's, I'm only there for an hour and a half. I do two classes twice a week um, and it's, it's so much fun. Um, but then for, for everybody else in society, like exercise has so many benefits, um, mm. not only like for your physical health, but mental, like perfect example um, like it stimulates the brain, um, which obviously stimulates the chemicals that improve your your mood and parts of the brain, which are responsible for your for your memory and learning. Um, yeah. But like so much more to it, like it, it enhances your mood. Um, you could be having the shittest day and you just want to work out. Um, but around like around people, like I do group classes, so I find group classes really encouraging. 
Um, like you can just see someone having the worst day or or they'll tell you about having a bad day and, and getting them in there and just letting them forget about it for 45 minutes whilst, no, I call it fun, but not many other people think it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, um, and I've, I've made so many friends like that. I've, and it's really good because they're not, they're nothing to do with footy. They're nothing to do with work. It's just people I, I probably would have never met if it wasn't for the gym. And um, I'm grateful for that, to have that experience. Like it's, it's, yeah, I think it's so much fun and it has so many benefits. As I said before, like it stimulates basically everything in the body for the positive, for the most positive reasons. Yeah. And what about in terms of diet as well, Cam? Like, uh, I know that you like to do a few, you're a bit like me, you like to try a few different diet fads and stuff like that. Um, what what advice have you got in terms of that? What Do you think that, that plays an impact on your mental health? Um, yeah, 100%. Like, same thing. It's just such a mood enhancer. Like, if you stick to a diet health, a, a, a healthy diet, like, you're setting yourself up for, for feel mood, mood fluctuations. Um yeah. But overall, like overall, like a happy outlook, like and you, I think the biggest like is your ability to focus. Like you're eating shit food, you you're in the worst mood. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, it's, yeah it's horrible. You just feel like a slug yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, and like, but that's a, nothing. Like that's the same as the drink. Like it just it makes you feel sluggish. Um, and same thing. But the energy levels would probably be the biggest for me. Like with a healthier diet, diet and staying hydrated like your energy levels are just through the, well, not through the roof, but like they're, they're sustainable and it just makes you feel so much better throughout the day. Um, so it gives you obviously a clearer mind as well. Um, yeah. But diet and, diet and fitness go together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kim, I want to kind of bring it back to the sort of um, rugby league, the community, the sort of family thing um, that you've, you've really sort of mentioned throughout this podcast. What are, uh, what do you value most about the sort of getting around each other and the sort of support of either, whether it be the rugby league community, um, you, you mates at PT or, or your family, what, what do you get the most out of that? Um, I, I feel the most like, um, I heard you guys speak about it a couple of times on different, on your different episodes. Um, like just like guys that have moved to town that have got absolutely no one. So, you know, they're going home to, they're going home to themselves. They've got no one else. So like getting around those guys, um, and making making them feel like comfortable. Um, it, it's yeah, it's it's really rewarding as well. Um, like being one of the senior guys, like I, I captain coach last year for the first time, um, one of the first grade teams here in, in Wagga, and it was a great learning experience because like like you're coaching, you're one of the boys, um, but then you got to find that find that right um, balance between between being a friend, being a coach kind of thing. Um, and for the younger fellas, like. I remember when I was 15, 16, like you looked up to those first grader guys in your club. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I set in those right examples as well. Um, and getting around those guys, like, it, like it'll make your day, like going up, helping a little 15 or 16 year old, um, like it, it'll make their day. Like, and you don't realize how big of a, a, a benefit that has on their lives as well, making them feel well, et cetera. Yeah, Cam, I, just adding, like, seeing the way you operate you when I referred what something I referred to in my podcast um, was empathy and I see that you show so much so much empathy to anyone it doesn't matter you know who they are it doesn't matter what I guess status in society they've got you show everyone the same amount of respect um, and that's something that I, I really um, think that a lot of people could learn especially from you is that 
everyone sort of deserves to be treated equally. Everyone's got their own story, don't they? And you don't know how much of an impact just the kind little things that you do um, can have on their day. And I see that with you in terms of just, you just get around people. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Uh, and we've, me and you, we've spoken about this so many times. Like our cricket team is a perfect example of this. Like we've got so many cool kids uh, that, that we can call upon um, and have that experience to play within a team. Like we don't care how good you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't care less. And um, yeah. like the best thing about it is, um, like you see how much they love it. Like you see how much joy it brings to them. And like I, I just feel like I've I've seen it too many times being in being in a sporting environment where someone's just trying to feel a part of something and and someone puts them down and and you see like mm. you see like how much of an effect like someone might leave training or someone might like it's it's just sad to see so I, i'm a massive believer and I, I know you are too of of getting around everybody because like to some people like some of the guys in our cricket team like that's it that's what they look forward to every week and yeah. like that that's their day out that's their self-care whatever you want to call it like and getting around them like it doesn't only make you feel better about yourself but it makes their day as well and i, I find that the biggest yeah. The big reaction out of it as well, mate. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. It, like, and it, it honestly, like, it. Yeah, we got a we got a couple of cool kids that we that we like. Me and Kel would take them to the nets, didn't we, Kel? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't have licenses and stuff like that, so we, you know, go out away and pick them up, and because we just you know that they'd enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's such an awesome attitude to have as well. And I guess in, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Sydney, so I don't kind of get the, the the sort of smaller community side of things like you boys do being from Wagga. And uh, I think that's awesome to hear that you get around those that, you know, they might not have a car to drive to the nets or they might not have sort of mates because they've just moved down there and you just support them. I think that's an awesome thing. Um, Cam, I just, I've, I've got a bit of a question to ask. Um, if you... If you had a piece of advice to ask uh, to tell yourself when you're a teenager, uh, what would you what what advice would you give? Uh, no second chances. <laughs> That's probably my biggest one. I I probably um, uh, was probably nearly too good of a spot for a while. Um, kind of everything was kind of given to me like a perfect example. I I took the piss out of my my uni degree or what you'd call a uni degree. <laughs> Um, like footy paid for everything so I kind of just really took the piss out of it a fair bit um, like I, I think just yeah just once you've once you've got something like really really just jump at it um, yeah opportunities especially um, yeah sport wise whether it's educational depending on what what financial depending on what your what your um, situation in life is like I just think don't just yeah no second chances <laughs> once you get an opportunity run with it and final question for you cam what have you learned about coming on this podcast uh how easy it is to 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 one to chat to you guys um what i learned today i i one want to just say how good like what you what you two are doing like i think it's fantastic um like getting it out there like haven't been the opportunity to chat about your problems that are now turned into positives like because if we can help so many more people that either going through what they've gone through or whether it was um, that are going through something at, at the time, like letting them know that, that 
anyone like anyone's happy to help um like it, it, it's not frowned upon i suppose to to talk about it so I, I think yeah i think this is a very positive experience um so i suppose yeah i want to thank yeah thank you guys for letting me talk about it and um yeah i think you two are doing a real good job hey pleasure's ours i've loved this this is great Thank so you good. very much for coming on, mate. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and be so sort of willing to tell your story as well. Uh, it, it's going to help and, and hopefully, you know, we can help some people who out there might be listening and, and may be experiencing gambling issue themselves. And, you know, they take from your story and they start reaching out to people and, and asking for help. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, there's a company down in Kiama that it's, it's a massive one. I think it's the, it isn't, what is it? it it's not weak to speak. I think it's a good one to yeah. take out. Yeah, it's a good motto, isn't it? You don't mm. need to speak. Guys, I think that's a, it's a really great spot to sort of wrap this up. Um, Cam, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been great chatting with you. And sort of anyone who's listening, if you do want to be a part of this and you have a story that you'd like to share, um, please reach out to myself and Kel. Um, we're more than happy to have people on. And, you know, no story is too small or too big to be able to sort of sit and listen to and and, and have a bit of a chat about that. But um, look forward to, to hearing all of you next week. That was the latest episode of This Is Your Line and Length, a supportive network and platform designed for relatable people to share their mental health story and the start of... That is the latest episode of This Is Your Line and Length, a supportive network and platform designed for relatable people to share their mental health story and start the normalization of mental health conversations in society. If this podcast has made you realize that yourself or a friend would benefit from having a talk, please do reach out to the pros like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or a medical professional. Links to support networks are in the show's notes. In the meantime, subscribe to the show, throw us a like, look after your lid, and look forward to the next episode of This Is Your Line and Length.